All right, we've come to the end of the show, but we're making this the beginning of the show. You're listening to the intro as uh, our guest is, um, should we give away the surprise? We won't give away which one he chose, but he is enjoying a donut. Spoiler, he does like donuts, and he can afford it. There's there's some people, uh, you know, might be concerned about uh, donut consumption, but this dude as a BMX world champion, Olympic medalist, and coach, probably burns thousands of times the calories that that donut's got in it right now. Donnie Robinson, thanks for being here today. It's really been fun having you. Judd, yeah, thanks you for the donut, for everything. It's, <laughs> this is good. I'm, I'm trying to get my dad bod on because I'm going to have a baby here come April. But oh, uh, yeah, you know, we're still on the bike, so we're still staying fit. Well, you can have two donuts. I won't, I won't tell anyone. It was a great show. Really, really enjoyed talking to you. Learned quite a bit about your uh, path to where you are, and it's so nice to see that you are where you are, and so enjoying what you do and bringing it to the youth of our community. It's inspiring. So thank you for that. I can't wait for folks to listen in and, and hear the enthusiasm that you exude. It's it's contagious. So, and thank you for that. It's nice. If something's going to be contagious, it's, it's that's Absolutely. a good thing to have. Before we get to the show, I think our good friend, Mr. Lauren Mole, has something to say. We invite you to enjoy Judd at his family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com, or you can call 707-255-2332. Thanks, Lauren. And while you are online getting that visiting information, you can look around. we got some fun videos. We have events coming up all the time. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And uh, we've got wine. You can get some of our delicious, low-production high-quality, low-production uh, wines. Put them in your shopping cart, and uh, Lauren Mole's going to give you a special for being a loyal listener. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's true. Always a good time to be had. We, we, we guarantee it. Before we get to the show, if you want to uh, follow along at home, let's get a website where you can find out a little bit more about Donnie, see, uh, see what he looks like, see some cool videos as well. And wh- where would you like to send folks while they listen along and they can watch along where? Oh, shoot. Uh, on Facebook is the best. I mean, yeah. Donnie Robinson, North Bay BMX. Uh, BMX Racing League uh, on Facebook and BMXRacingLeague.com. Got some videos on there just uh, stoking people out on bicycles and uh, letting know kids letting kids know that uh, they can come be one of us. That is so cool. Man, well, thanks. It's been a great show. With that, let's get right to it. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel Fun. Get ready for another hippo. Of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me. I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new.
Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Albert Einstein. And now, live from Wind Down Media Studios at South Napa Century Center, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, John Fingelstein. Uh, good morning, Mr. Lauren Mole. It's so uh, so nice to see you here. How you doing? I'm wonderful, Judd. How about you? I'm I'm great. It's a beautiful autumnal day here in Napa Valley, and we're we're here continuing our tradition of broadcast excellence here at uh, KVON 1440 AM, and I couldn't be happier about it. It's a fun show. We got a, we got a great show. So oh, we do. We'll keep the banter to a minimum because there's so much we want to talk about with this guest. But I do want to find out if anything's going on with you. What the latest is? Any uh, public appearances coming up? Oh, man. Well, Judd, I had a wonderful day on this past Sunday. Yeah. Me and my mom went to see a special documentary at uh, the Sebastiani Theater over in Sonoma. It was all about the founding of Sonoma oh. and its impact. What is the name of that in case folks want to go look that up? Uh, it's called Call of the Valley, the Enduring Lore of Sonoma. And the next showing will be at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday, November 30th. Oh, at, back at the Sebastiani Theater? At Sebastiani Theater in okay. Sonoma. Okay, you heard it here. That's great. Hey, I wanted to follow up. What did you do for Halloween? Did you dress up? Uh, I did. I I even worked on Halloween. You worked. Okay. Were you? Were, but you dressed up as well. Professor Marvel from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, very good. Do you have a line you can give us? Well, well, well. House guest, eh? And who might you be? No, no, don't tell me. Let's see. You're uh, you're traveling in disguise. Uh, no, wait, no, that's not. You're um, you're going on a visit. No, that's not it either. Uh, you're uh, you're running away. Very good. All right, Professor Marvel. You had the turban on and a crystal ball and all that stuff. I didn't have the, you crystal, have the crystal ball. ball. Okay. Well, good. You had a fun Halloween. I did. Great. I'm so glad to hear Thanks. that. And yeah. also, uh, Napa Valley Voices is going to be performing at the Villas at 2 p.m. on. November 11th, uh, we're doing a special Veterans Day tribute show, and we have a very special guest joining us, Judd. Yeah. A bugler from the American Legion, Legion Honor Guard. Uh, his name is C.J. Britannia, and uh, he's going to be uh, playing taps for us. And Napa Valley Voices will be singing a medley of patriotic songs, as well as the the fight songs of the current five uh, military branches. Well, but that's, that's, I'm aware that soon there will be a sixth. That's quite a spectacle. And is this open to the public? It is. It is. Finally, something we can all go to. Yes. Well, that's great. Good, good. And Operation With Love From Home will be doing a special uh, assembly event at Napa Valley College on Sunday, December 8th at uh, 9 a.m. So okay. please come on down. Great. And we'll hear, more, we'll hear more about that as we get a little closer. We will. So what's been going on with you, John? Um, wrapping up harvest. Things are good. The winery is it's beautiful out there. The leaves are turning color in the vineyard. So I invite folks to come out, sit out on our lovely tasting terrace and take some photos. want to mention, uh, we have, um, well, I'll save a, a couple of these plugs for later because I, I want to get to our guests. But this very weekend opens Matilda the Musical at Napa College. I'm very excited about this. It's a great Broadway show, Tony Award winning, multiple other awards. For tickets, it's this weekend and the following weekend. Go to cafeteriakidstheater.org, and there will be a tab at the top that says Matilda. Get your tickets. It's a great It's a great show for the family. I think kids should probably be at least... Uh, uh, second grade or so. There, there's a little bit of some scary stuff. The, 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 the villains kind of, kind of creepy. But it's, it's a great show, and I can't wait to see it. So that's Matilda the Musical coming up this weekend and the following weekend. That's enough of plugging for now. Would you please introduce 
our guest. You kind of made an uh, allusion to what this person does in your intro. So uh, well, let's see if perhaps. you can tie it. No, perhaps. I heard it. All right. Tie it in, my man. Our guest you're sure to like. His celebrity began to spike. When he put foot to pedal and won Olympic medal on his totally rad BMX bike. That's right. We have got Olympic medalist and local phenomenon, coach of the year, mentor to many of our local youth, uh, Donnie Robinson. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me, Lauren. I, I couldn't, uh, I just want you to follow me around all day, every day, like <laughs> announcing what I do. Um, oh, man, it's so good to see you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, what a pleasure. No, I've been wanting to talk to you for some time. You know, I've only recently met you very briefly for the first time at, well, the awards where you were re- received the Napa News Coach of the Year Award. And uh, that was a nice honor, I should say. You have so many awards and uh, honors and medals. And do you do you rank them? Or are they all as equally wonderful in your in your mind? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, actually, so the Coach of the Year award it was my first time getting an award for doing something for other people. Oh. I think you know everything has been within my BMX racing career. So like self-serving, you know, it's, it's and BMX is a, is a, it's a sing, it, it's you, it's an individual sports. So as you say, you're doing it for yourself, right? It is very interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is not a team sport. There are teams that yeah. riders can be on, but when you're racing on the track, it's you against the other riders. And, okay. and so that's, what's so awesome about it. I mean, just part of what's so awesome about it is nobody sits on the bench, right? Like everybody <laughs> yeah. can ride and you can take it at your own pace and be what you want to be. But then you've got the, the BMX community, the BMX family, your own, you know, trade teams that you get welcomed onto. It's uh, it's the best of every single world. <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty amazing. You know, since knowing about you and knowing you come on the show, I've been looking up BMX a bit and it is it's pretty cool, man. I, I can't wait to hear more about it. I've been watching some videos, been reading up some websites. But just to give the audience a little background of your pedigree, you uh, grew up right here in Napa. And we're going to get more in detail in a moment. You made your way onto uh, the Olympic team, and you were on the debut Olympic team. Well, the first time BMX was an Olympic sport, and that was in 2008 in Beijing, where you uh, medaled. Congratulations. Yes, thank yeah. you very much. It's all true. <laughs> I, I watched the clip too. That was quite a race. I mean, it's and it's over so quickly. I mean, that is that that's just like a flurry of activity just packed into it's is it is it a minute even like the race? It it went by so quick and you're doing so much and there's so many jumps and turns and avoiding other people. And un, well, I guess unfortunately in the race you're at, a lot of folks didn't avoid other people. Fortunately for you, you were ahead of that, but there was a big uh a bit, there was a crash that took out a big portion of the field behind you. But but I just couldn't believe it. that the adrenaline just watching from my home in front of my computer was something. I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to be there on the track. Yeah, so BMX tracks, I mean, they're made up of, of dirt obstacles, turns, safe for all ages. Uh, they're just about a quarter mile long. Um, so depending on your ability, it'll take 30 seconds to, to make it around one lap. And so there's no, there's no scoring. There's no tricks. It's a race. Yeah. It's like a, a hundred meter dash, but on a bike and you've got to race <laughs> with other riders around the track. And, yeah. and so the Beijing Olympic course was the gnarliest track that we'd ever ridden on it before. Was. Yeah. For well, it's sure. the Olympics, I guess it ought to be. Right? Absolutely. And so, you know, to be on that staged, um, racing against people you've, you've raced against, you know, year round type thing, but you know, again, in that country, mm. on a track of that size, with so much on the line, um, yeah, it was absolutely pressure field. But you know, it was it was a great great experience. So you know these other riders from the other countries, and 
Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So America's like that's this community. is the place to come to be the best of the best. I mean, you know, the world stage is is really picking it up. I mean, especially after the first Olympic Games, um, the Dutch, uh, the Australians, um, you know, the French. I mean, they're so great, and they've got federations putting so much mm. money behind them. Um, that they're improving so much, but yeah, all of these people basically come to America to race, oh, I see. and and so we race with them on the domestic circuit, you know, every month type thing, and so then we'll go to their countries and you know kind of be on their home turf, but for the most part, uh, they come here to uh, to make a name for themselves. It's incredible. So BMX, man, uh, I know one of your catchphrases is "How far can two wheels take you?" So let's let's go back to the beginning and kind of follow this story about how far two wheels have taken you. You are a Napa native. You grew up right here in our fair city. Which high school? Uh, Napa High. Napa High. Were you at the big game uh, this past year? I was not. No, the last time I think I was there, I was uh, part of the, uh, I don't know, had my, my chest painted and all that stuff, but many, many years ago. <laughs> okay. So, so Napa High, I guess, I guess the question is, how, how'd you get on the path? Like, what, what put you on, on this path to BMX greatness? Well, let's, let's just take it back a bit. I mean, yeah. I, I went to Redwood um, in middle school, and then uh, mm-hmm. I was a Westwood Woody for <laughs> elementary school. I mean, our, yeah, rest in peace for that, <laughs> that, 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 uh, that mascot. Uh, the Woody Woodpeckers, uh, but I lived on on Kilburn Avenue, right across mm-hmm. from the school, yeah. uh, twenty seven, twenty nine. So if anybody knows anybody that lives there, I want to make my way back there and see what my old house was like. But uh, uh, my friend just invited me out to the track that was here in Napa. It was um, you know when I started right behind. Napa Valley College, and uh, how lucky we are in Napa to have had the city embrace BMX racing for this long type thing. Well, we'll get to that because obviously, well, obviously to me, I was I was ignorant of that. I did not even know it was there until I started hearing from um, friends of my kids who were into BMX. Like, really, that goes on here? So this is great. Let's get the message out. So continue on. Yeah, I no, I, I, it, I just I just wanted to speak for all the people out there who are ignorant, like I was. I'm like, yes, this is here in Napa, and it's big here yes. in Napa. And getting bigger. Yeah. Um, so it was, but it was just because of my friend that said, hey, yeah. I do this. Why don't you come out and check this out? For the people who don't know, I'm, I'm really short in stature. I'm only five foot five. I'm 36 years old. So my <laughs> whole life, I didn't get picked for teams, right? The basketball and all this stuff, I just did not fit in. And so when my friend said, come out to a, to a track and a sport that you could just be yourself on and you can ride a bike. I mean, people learn how to walk and then they ride a bike. Now, it's not as you know, prevalent nowadays yeah. as it used to be. But, you know, back then it was like, it just, I got sold on it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always remember this picture. I still see it in my parents' house of me when I was seven years old, like jumping a jump, but my back wheel was only maybe like an inch off the ground, but my front wheel was, was a good three feet off the ground. And so it felt oh. like I was flying. It felt like it was just free and, and, and to be able to do what I loved and, and just to kind of see it through and, and kind of experience it. And, um, find the joy of, of two wheels and, and the, the whole how far can two wheels take you. I didn't know it back then. I just did what I loved, did what somebody suggested that I do. And through that, you know, I, I got my co- competitive side from my mom. I kind of wanted to be the best at the thing that I loved the most. Uh, but that's kind of where it began. And, you know, you've got to have that kind of drive. you got to know what you're going for. And it sounds like since age six or so, you've been on a BMX bike? Yeah, I was Is six right? years old, and it's uh, that's been the thing ever since. So that must, that must feel pretty good. You said not being picked for teams because you were small. And I was doing a little reading. And do you mind if I share the nickname that you were not given as a not kid? Not at all. I, because it seems like you embrace it, and you've you've obviously sure. brought up your stature, but I guess you were called at one point. Hopefully, not anymore. But Scrawny Donnie. Yep. Scrawny. And yeah. did, did you embrace that? Did that, or did that fuel your your desire to just bust through and show them? It gave me an identity. 
That's okay. what it is. I mean, it was it, it showed me that I was a part of something, that somebody had noticed something about me that made okay. them remember me. And so that's All that's right. that's my whole like theme with with my team on my BMXers now is like find something to be remembered by. Like be remembered. And and in the mm-hmm. beginning it might just be um, you know, that, that you win all the time, or maybe how you congratulate other riders or how well you jump, or maybe you just don't give up ever, or maybe it's because how small you are. Like they, I want these kids to be remembered and, and find some reason to stick around so that they can see their true potential. And so I, I had that, like I was very fearless and I had no problem like catching air. Like that's what I love to do. I love to catch <laughs> air. And so that's what a lot of people uh, remembered me for. Like they would they would line the sidelines to see what crazy jump I was going to do in that race. But yeah, I was the smallest rider out there. I was kind of like the the little engine that could. And um, having the name Scrawny Donnie, I didn't uh, I didn't care f- <laughs> that I had it. I, I was somebody at that point. It was an identity, right? So is that the reason? Because you often go by your initials DR, mm-hmm. but the D you make a small d right is that does that have anything to do with your small stature Absol- you say? absolutely it is yes, yes, okay. yes. i was just kind of curious yeah. as somebody who looks at branding you yeah. Know? yeah yeah okay okay very cool well these qualities that you're, you're talking about that are in yourself certainly come through in your in your coaching and are very inspirational to these kids which we will get to but i still want to hear how does this dude from napa who's known you know for catching air and just being you know fun to watch like how do you get on this path? How, how do you become Team USA? How do you get to that level? It is. How do you get noticed? So great. Our sport is, especially now, I mean, you, you've got the beginner programming. And then, um, you know, we have that through the Napa BMX Racing League. And we'll talk about that more later. But, uh, you know, the, the, the people who decide, hey, I, I want a little bit more from the sport. USA BMX, the sanctioning body of our sport, you know, has different proficiencies. Novice, intermediate, expert. And once you amass so many wins, you, you move up proficiency and um, you know, we've got local races here in Napa. We go regional. You know, there's uh, Roseville, Santa Clara. Um, back in the day, there used to be Stockton. And, and then there's, you know, state events, national events, uh, World Cup events. Then, obviously, the big dog is is the Olympics. Wow. Um, and so it all starts at the local level. And then once you decide to branch out and be like, hey, I, I want to I wanna start to travel and I want a little bit more. I mean, there's no pressure to do so, which is, which is very nice. But you kind of start going to these other tracks and being like, oh, hey, I want this. And there's you know, kind of different, uh, awards that you can earn. You're like, I'm going to go chase this now. And you just start to get on this path and, um, you can stop whenever you want. Like, there's no pressure to, to not be anything that you don't want to be, but uh, I wanted it all. And, and I had such a supportive family. My mom, my dad, my sister, mm-hmm. uh, sacrificed so much for me to follow my dreams, but it also gave them something. I mean, that this family time that we got to have yeah. together, just you, that's priceless. And so that was kind of the start of it and where, where it kind of uh, started to blossom into. That's what a great, what, what a wonderful experience. So, so when you got tapped to be Team USA, to represent our country at the debut of this sport at an Olympic event in China, take me through that. Let's I'll take you back further. Okay, because Because it's, it, it all starts in the amateur ranks, you know? It's, yeah. it's like you start to make a name for yourself and start to kind of, um, be, be the gut and the next guy, like, Oh, this guy's going to turn pro next and, and find his way. But it took me a long time, right. From the time I was six years old to the time I was 18 years old that I was then known as like, all right, I'm the best amateur, um, essentially in the whole entire world. Cause I had, I had won the world championships in 2001 as a, as an amateur as a, actually I was thinking I was 17. And then right after that, I went into the, to the pro ranks and then right back down to the bottom. I mean, these guys were <laughs> giants and it was, you know, always the David versus Goliath with, with me. 
me. Interesting. And so my from the best amateur GoPro and you're at the bottom of the heap yeah, of Yeah, which is the way it should be, right? Yeah, just yeah. like when you go into novice or you go into intermediate, like you mm-hmm. always start at the bottom and then you work your way back up. Yeah. But these guys, like they did it for a living and they didn't want this young gun coming in and, and taking their money or, or any of their pizzazz. Um, but I wanted it just like they wanted it before. And so I kind of worked my way through, through the pro ranks and it just so happened that I was doing the right thing at the right time with the right people watching. <laughs> like I was, I was, I was like the it pro at the time, mm. um, when we were, they were like, Hey, we're, we're going to the Olympics now. Surprise. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is a perfect time for me to be what I am at this point. And so we started kind of the Olympic qualification starting in 2006, uh, you know, two years ahead of time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and I was like, that was my, my breakout year as a pro. I, I, I went from, you know, winning like three pro races, um, the few years prior to winning like 20 in 2006 oh, and, wow. and it was great. It was great timing. And so we worked through that whole thing. And so there was three ways to make it to the Olympic team. There was going off of the point standings through all of these races that we were doing, which included World Cup events and domestic events. Then the second pick was for the Olympic trials, which was held down in Chula Vista by San Diego um, at the Olympic Training Center. We had a you know full, full everything that we needed down there. And then the last one was the coaches pick. So we had three ways to get on, but there is just dozens of, you know, men, um, and then women have their own qualifications, but there's dozens of men that, that had the potential to make this first team and everybody's mm-hmm. gunning for it. Sure. So long story short for this portion of it, I ended up not making it through the, the points race. I ended up getting second place at the Olympic trials, which was not good enough. Oh. Um, but at that point, like I was the number one ranked pro rider in the world, um, I just won a World Cup event in uh, Copenhagen, you know, just a few weeks before the Olympic trials and everything. So I knew that I was pretty yeah. set. Um, so I didn't really have a ton of pressure, but I always wanted to be the best when I'm when I'm on the starting gate. Sure. Um, but, you know, it just it worked the way that it needed to. And I was on the team. The coaches tapped you. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm like, glad. Like, how could they avoid you at that point? Right. I mean, I, I had put the work in. I had, I had got the results. Um, and so the, the, the people who made the team were absolutely supposed to make the team. I didn't, you know, I'm glad I didn't push somebody else out because they earned it um, exactly yeah. the way that they should have. Good attitude, man. And you went, you won a medal. Fantastic. I would encourage anyone to go. There's the clips on YouTube. Just, you know, type in 2008 Beijing Olympics uh, BMX medal race, something like that. And it's, it's an exciting race. It is an exciting race. So then you're, then you're like internationally famous and all of a sudden your, your, your name, your image, your, you're out there. You had a signature line of bicycles that were sold nationally at Walmart. You, your image was like on McDonald's bags. I think, I think I heard that, um, on and on. Like, was that fun for you? Is it weird for you? You don't seem like a shy guy. You seem like you can embrace that and enjoy the moment, kind of bask in it. What was that all about? It's exactly what I wanted. Okay. I, 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 I want to be known. I, I, I want to be able to pass on what I have or, or at least some of what I have or see stuff that I don't like. I want other people to experience that. And so for me to have been able to put the work in, it was me, right. That put the work in, but it wasn't, it would have happened without the support of other people, whether my, my family or my sponsors, like it took a village for me to realize that I could do it. And and that I should stick around and, and stay with this to, to find out what my true potential was. But like I said, right, right time with the right time or right place with the right people watching. Like I linked up with uh, Michael Phelps's agent. Yeah. I mean, we were the, you know, the newest Olympic sport. I was the best in our sport at that time. And so, yeah, I was sponsored by Hershey and uh, I was on McDonald's cups and bags. Uh, AT&T had free cell phone service, all of this stuff. Like 
uh, it was, I had the chance, I believe, to be the Sean White of snowboarding, you mm-hmm. know, because just before that, like snowboarding came in and Sean White did what he did. And, and right. I wanted to be that. Now, I don't it always need to be out in the forefront of things, but this is the thing that I love the most. And I, I want to be known as as the guy. I mean, w- why sit back in the shadows um, and not try to be the best you possibly can be? And so I wanted to be that. And um, I got as close, I think, as, as I possibly could. Um, you know, my agent said, she was like, oh, if you win the Olympics, you could be on Leno and Letterman. And I was like, oh, that's going to be so awesome. And I would love to be on Dancing with the Stars. Well, you made it on Judd's Napa Valley. Yeah, show, I know. So. We're here. This is yeah. good. This is, um, I love where we're at now. But yeah, it's just it's just been a, a, a dream come true. I mean, um, truly living the dream back then. And, and I still am now. It's fantastic. And you are now using, you know, this passion. It's an overused word, but not in this case, or excuse me, in this case, it really it really fits the bill. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you right now and I can see in your face and obviously in the tone of your voice for our listeners, you know, you believe in this and this is what you were meant to do. And you are now using this, uh, I'm going to just say it again, this passion of yours to inspire and motivate kids. Should we get to that? Do you want to get to that now? Yeah, because this I, is a, a big part of what you're doing these days. Well, it, it is. And so when, I don't know, as I worked my way through my two wheel journey, it was like, what, what is this for? I wanted to, like I said, be remembered. I didn't want to be forgotten because there's, there's, there's pioneers from our sport, right? That, that kids have no clue about. It's like, you don't even understand. Like (laughs) these people are what are, who are allowing you to be who you are today. And so I, I didn't want to be forgotten. And so, you know, I, I followed up 2008, with a 2009 world championship win where I beat the Olympic gold medalist. Oh, um, so I was just, wow. I, I was, I was there. And in 2010, it all started falling apart. Like I went to first world cup event in, uh, in Madrid, Spain, racing against the Olympic gold medalist had a crash. Um, mm. it was not a good one. And so it was at that point, like the thing started to, to tumble downward. And, and I started to have to kind of look at myself and be like, wow, like, could this be like the beginning of the end? And, and, and everything, Everything, everything can happen, right? Injuries can happen in all sports. And, and so we protect ourselves the best we possibly can. And, and so I had a, f- a few years of, of just injuries that I just couldn't seem to bounce back from. And so I think the writing was on the wall. Is like, I, I think that my career is kind of coming to an end. I was mm. at that point, 27 years old. And so, you know, it doesn't seem so old, but yeah. you know, when I was growing up, I remember pros, you know, actively competing, doing well until they were, you know, 32, 33 type thing. But with the Olympics, like all of these younger kids, they start doing what it took us a long time to do, like the way we trained and the mentality and the focus and all that stuff, like they're starting to do it younger. And so the whole field was getting younger. And so I just couldn't keep up as well as, as I wanted to. And so the sponsor started to, to kind of fall away. And, and so it was finally in, in 2015, I was like, all right, I, I don't really have many sponsors left, but now I'm going to do this for the reason that I started. And that is the love of the sport. And so I decided that 2016 was going to be my last race, um, racing year, but I was freaking out. Cause I was like, what am I going to do next? Like, all I know is racing BMX. I, I, I did not go to college. It was, it was my choice. Like I got yeah. one chance to be a, a pro BMX racer and I'm going to take it. And, but then at the end of my career, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I got a lot of on the job experience. And a lot of pros, they'll go into the industry and either, you know, build product or, or work with teams or anything, something like that. I had a, a, a passion for speaking and then I did a lot of, you know, school appearances. And, and that was kind of the time where I, where I kind of coined the phrase, how far can two wheels take you? Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to schools and presenting to these kids. I'm like, look, like bikes, you know, they can take you from your house to your friend's house, but look where it took me. And, and so try something new, new, you never know what you can be with this bike, but if it's not the bike, 
find that thing that you love and latch on to that because my teachers told me you're riding a, a, a silly kid's bike. <laughs> Right. Like just, you know, you'll prepare, you know, got to go to college, do all these, these, these things. And, but now I was able to travel to these places where my teachers only talked about in in textbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, look, like I I went to a concentration camp in Germany that was crazy. Right. Because, and, and so just these experiences, um, through this bike, you know, once I want to motivate these kids, like these things that you love, you, you never know where they can take you. And, and so that's where we kind of started in, in 2016 in fall, just like my next chapter. And it was all about paying it forward to these kids who, who we, who we know have it more tough now than ever, but still have it in them to do be special. That is a perfect breaking point. I, I hate to have to do it, but we do have to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're talk about what you're doing with the kids here and how you're sharing this love of the sport and getting them motivated to do what they got to do. And, and by the way, I'm sorry, Lauren, I just want to repeat once again, in case you just tuned in, this is Donnie Robinson, and he is Mr. BMX, and we are excited to have him here. Go ahead, Lauren. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. We'll be right back after these messages. La, 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 la. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Want to hear this episode again, as well as past episodes? Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Judd's Napa Valley Show on the iTunes Store. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Lauren Mullen. We're here with Donnie Robinson. He is... uh... He is a, an Olympic medalist in BMX. He's traveled the world with BMX. He is a, a celebrity and also a, a great mentor and coach to our youth here in Napa. And I, what, what, what is that you've got there? I'm kind of curious. I saw that during the break. And this, this is a, a BMX version of a baseball card. So it's, yeah. it's uh, I've got a uh, my own tops um, BMX. Um, Card? I, I mean, we'll call it a baseball card because yeah, that's, what, that's what it is. Uh, it's just got my picture on it, and um, it's it's pretty cool, right? It's got a little bit of my bio on the back, um, and I, I brought it in for us today. Oh, cool! Is this something we can? Uh, is this to give away, or is this just kind this, of show this and tell? Is. You told you told me to bring in okay, something, and like, then you're going to explain what that's for. But yeah, I, that's for, I love for it. that. Okay. All right, this is really cool. It is a trading card with you. It's from Tops, and yeah. you're you're on your BMX, and you're. Looking very determined to win a race. You're, it looks like you're mid, maybe on a straight. Or you're not. Are you catching air there? It's hard to tell. Uh, that I was not. I was on the straightaway. On the I think straight that was there, at the Olympics in Beijing, China, coming out of the second turn, I believe. Right. Uh, no stick of gum. Didn't come with no this, gum? though. No, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So the, whoever wins this day does not get the gum, but they get this highly collectible card. Uh, just be the first to tweet. We used to call this getting your hands on Judd's goodies because you could get the goodies that folks brought in, but our district attorney and police nah. chief thought that was probably a bad name. So we haven't come up with a good name. So why don't you just tweet, you know, hi Donnie or something like that, but use the hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show and at Judd's Hill. So I see it immediately. I'll bring this back to the tasting room at Judd's Hill. It'll be there until Friday for you to pick up. And if you don't, I'm keeping it. I'm going to put that up. I think that's pretty cool. I want to come back to something you mentioned when you talked about going around the world. It just kind of struck me. You mentioned, I mean, the first thing that you said was um, actually the only thing you said, (laughs) I'm sure there's many highlights, but you said you got to visit a concentration camp was what came out of your mouth. And 
that kind of struck me because I would expect someone who's been around the world to say, ah, exactly. I went to the famous beach in the French Riviera or I went to, uh, you know, got to walk the Great Wall of China or something. But you said you visited a concentration camp. And just briefly, we don't have to dwell on it, but I'm kind of curious why that sprung out. I mean, just at the part of our history, right, the, that you learn about in textbooks that you can't really understand or, or fathom uh, much until you're actually there. Um, and even when you're there, it's like, wow, this this was real life. And this is still real life. And, and so it just it forever is going to stick out with me as as like some of the most impactful, like things that I've experienced before. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've I've done the Great Wall. I've done the Eiffel Tower and I've done all of that stuff. And they're all great. But I mean, I mean, the, the course of history had been changed from, you know, this, this time in history. And it was really, really sobering. And, um, and just to think, right, that, that my bicycle helped bring me to this place to learn about, to learn more about, you know, the stuff that I, had, I learned in textbooks from the teachers. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's, uh, I, I have also actually toured um, in Poland many years ago, um, Auschwitz. I don't want to go too dark, but it, it, it's yeah, it's a very dark place. There's no doubt about that. But to me, as a teen, it really showed me just the depths of of the horrible inhumanity against you know that we that we're capable of practicing against each other. And it put in my mind a resolve to well, as this button says, be kind, bring positive energy, positive acts to the world. So. It sounds like it sounds like you were already on that path, but maybe this reinforced it a little. And is this something you think about when you're working with the kids? You know, the the message that you bring, like we we could we hopefully will never end up in this state again. But uh, but I'm going to bring some positive energy here. I I want I want to make better human beings through the sport of BMX racing. Okay, let's Just talk about that through 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 <laughs> a, a, a fun family activity. I I want us to. I want our kids to be able to realize that they are special, that they have talents, that they can stay dedicated and committed long enough to see their true potential come out. Um, that's that's what it was. I mean, it's this sport gave me everything that I have. It's given my family. We've stuck together for 36 years, and, and our sport certainly had a lot to do with it. So, yeah, as, as I retired from, from competition, I was like, what am I going to do? And, and so I had this mentor was – was just a photographer that I'd only known as a photographer had this, he had this idea of this BMX racing league concept, like make BMX racing like other youth activity sports, because right now, like our sport is just, you know, kind of year round and, and there's a ton of dedication involved. And and so we wanted to make it more of a bite-sized piece for people to Mm. just experience it, just come out and try it. You can be a soccer player and a BMX racer or a ballerina or a scientist of BMX. You don't have to just be one thing. So that was the thing. I was like, man, I love talking to kids. I love trying to inspire through my own story, like lead by example and everybody's different, but we're all the same. We're all striving for acceptance and, and to find that talent and, and that need and, and that, that special place to fit in. And, and so for some, it's, it's not a team sport. And so I was like, well, okay, let's try bicycles, right? The, the parents and the grandparents remember what it was like to ride bikes until the streetlights came on. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the kids aren't riding as much around the neighborhood anymore. And that's safety concerns. And that's fine. Well, we've got a new place for you. It's North Bay BMX. It's this BMX has always been in the Napa Valley since I was, you know, a toddler. And so now it's like, let's get these kids out to the track in a non-intimidating environment. And let's just let them be kids. And We've got these parents who haven't, you know, been on a bicycle in years and years. They're reconnecting with the bicycle themselves and being able to do this right alongside their kids. And so this Napa BMX Racing League, we've been going on three years now. 
Um, we've got our fall season going on right now. 147 kids involved and their parents. 147 kids. Wow. It is so cool. I mean, we started in fall of 2016 with 40 riders. Uh-huh. And now our average is 120 riders over four seasons a year. And so we, we've, we've put 450 riders through this program this year here in Napa. And so we try to do our best with, you know, Facebook marketing and I'm, I'm trying to do all of that. And, you know, that was one of those things like, Oh, go to college. And what am I going to do and all this stuff? Well, I'm now got all of this experience with like this, this marketing and social media and and how to brand and, and, and our identity and our messaging. And you're doing a good job. I checked out the Facebook page for North Bay BMX and it's cool. You've got that video that comes on, on your, uh, what's it called? The, it's not your profile picture, but the banner, the banner. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you click that and it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like it made me want to go out and try it. Um, and then as you scroll through, you have these short videos with kids who are advancing up through the levels, which I think is really a wonderful way to motivate them, but then also shine the spotlight on them when they're, when they're, you know, achieving their goals. A hundred percent. And, and so, yeah, so we've got North Bay BMX and that is, um, you know, what we call open racing. So those are novices, intermediates, experts, and it's sanctioned by USA BMX. Um, so the Napa BMX racing league was the beginner program programming that mm. we, we took a step back and, and kind of did that. And so we were able to, to start it here with, uh, the lovely support from Napa parks and recreation and the okay. whole city. It's just, everybody's been so great. And so that's why, you know, which is part of why this has been so successful. But then we were talking about scaling, like, Hey, let's, let's do what we did in Napa and take it across the country. Cause why just keep it here? And so, you know, three years later, we're in 80 locations around the country. Uh, USA BMX has, has now, you know, brought it in house as one of their programs. And so now I'm the director of this for, for the whole nation. Um, but I, so I do all of that marketing for, for all of these tracks and all the program. And then I handle all of everything for North Bay BMX. So all of the posts on there, I'm I'm constantly like, just trying. Yeah, it's me. Um, and I love it. I, it's, you know, uh, do what you love. You never work a day in your life. And, uh, so it's, it's just so cool to be able to have um, had the experiences that I did and now be able to, you know, people say, you know, give back. It's like, no, it's, it's you're paying it forward. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's so cool to, to be able to see these kids who are shy as can be or didn't fit in anywhere. And, and it's so different, right? I mean, we just started our BMX Racing League program and you've got kids who, who are completely shy or just learned how to ride a bike and they don't know if they're going to be you know, just, uh, pushed out or, or not accepted. It's like, no, like this is, this is for everybody. And, and we want people to understand, like you just come in and be one of us right off the bat. And, and I think that nowadays, I mean, kids, like I talked about earlier are getting better and better at an earlier age. And so the, the, the gap between the really good kids and like really the general population is getting further apart. And mm-hmm. it's no wonder why kids are hiding behind screens and not wanting to get out. I mean, it, there's pressure to be somebody. And it's like, look it out here at North Bay BMX, you are somebody right now. And this is one of your specialties. And I only know this from secondhand because I, you know, I'm not involved. Although you said parents can do this too. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if my knees can Come hold on, out, but, but I want, I, I'm really tempted to try this. It sounds like a lot of fun, but what I've heard like universally from hundred percent of the people that I know whose kids are involved, like you are there for the kids. You are there to personally motivate each and every one of them individually. Can we talk about Addy for a moment? Absolutely. Okay. Cause this is a, this is a story I heard from her folks and uh, it was about, do you want to say, talk about who Addie? Uh, yeah. Don't, don't judge. Don't make me cry again. No, because... I, I'm going to too, but, but oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
So Addy Dominici came out to our Napa BMX Racing League program uh, over two years ago. She, mm-hmm. she was four years old. Yeah. Um, and so I'd known her, uh, her uncle, Steve Giovanoni. I mean, he was a BMX racer. So when, when the oh. track was, was old and it was behind Napa Valley College, it was, it was him and I that were out at the track. I don't, and, know, and I don't so, think I knew that. Yeah. And so he had uh, actually some jumps over by, by their house in Browns Valley. And so I, I've known the uncle, Steve, for, for a long, long time. And so here comes, you know, Addie Dominici out to the track. And um, she was just one of the, she had her Paw Patrol bike, you know, just her, her 12 inch little bike could barely make it up the jumps. And that's right. It's cool because the parents get to, you know, kind of help the kids up the jumps mm-hmm. and there's all this support. And so that's where Addie started. And um, she actually ended up doing seven BMX racing league seasons. Uh, her her, her dad, Jason, uh, sent me the photos of all of her trophies um, that she earned through all of these, uh, you know, two years of, of, of working through this program. And, and so, like, this program is, is so inclusive, right? You can just be what you want to be. Now, if you want to take it more serious, you want to go into the novice class and strive for intermediate and expert, you can do that. And so finally, this spring, Addie decided, hey, I'm ready to go into open racing into the novice class. <laughs> and she, she went in there. And so I make these kids kind of show me some commitment because I, I want them to always have a place. So they're always part of group in, in, the, in the BMX Racing League. But then when they move into open racing, I want them to be a part of my dream team. And so I know we know dream team as Magic Johnson and, and Michael Jordan and all right, that. Right. But now these kids, like, it's, we're a new generation. So it's, it's the dream team. And, and so, you know, Addie showed me commitment. She was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be serious with this. And I said, okay, come on to my dream team. And um, I wanted to make it a little bit different. I'm always trying to think of different ways to make these kids feel just a little bit more special. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to get down on one knee and I'm going to ask Addie <laughs> to be a part of my dream team. And so her dad, Jason, was was right there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how he's going to look at this. Like, is he going to think this is inappropriate or whatever? Creepy. Um, or... Yeah, yeah. And so I, 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 I so. got down on one knee and I asked her and she, you know, lit up and said, absolutely. And so. Um, you know, after springtime, like she was coming to our team trainings, you go into open racing and, and finally, you know, really finding her groove. Then of course, you know, we have her tragic accident, um, that happened. That was just, it's, it's still shattering. I mean, it's to, to the whole Dominici and Savage family. I mean, it's, I, you, you can't even understand, no. but the, but the, but the power, like how they've handled it is, um, they are certainly going to, um, and we are going to do our part in, in carrying Addie's, or Addie's uh, legacy on. Oh, absolutely. And, and thank you for that. Because she was a really remarkable um, young girl. I, I've, anytime she was around, I, I was laughing. She knew how to push those buttons. Yes. Um, but the, the, the story that, that really struck me about how you really uh, motivate kids on an individual level is when she came with her Paw Patrol, and I don't know if it was your guidance wanted her to get to the next level of actual bike and she was a little reticent and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but it, it, it was just so sweet, the image. So she got on the new bike and then you ran with her alongside her as she rode this new bike just to show her that it would all be okay and ran the track as she did the whole track. Correct. And you were with her. And I yes. thought, wow, what still, a dedicated coach, man. Still a quarter mile um, <laughs> of running. But yeah, I mean, the, these kids, like, they, they don't know that they can do it until mm-hmm. they're they're actually doing it. And they need the people by their side to make it happen. And so, you know, I, I, was, I was very lucky to have the chance to be there for Addie as I am with, with all the kids that are, that are coming out there. But it's, it's more now than ever because, you know, Jason, Jason talked about me and Megan, you know, her mom talked to me, yeah. 
way too much during her her memorial service. Um, and you were talking earlier about, you know, what what awards meant the most to me and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. I, I think that what the family said about me during her memorial service meant more to me than anything that I've ever done in my in my whole career because it that like that's what it's about. Like yeah. in the beginning, I was I was saying like what what am I doing this for? Is this for me? Is it for the medals or the accolades or or the recognition? It's like wait a minute, I don't I don't think it is. Like I've I've been put in the place that I've been in so that I could be as good as I was, but that I now have the opportunity to to pass that those things on to other families and and to hear that I had that impact with with Addie and potentially other writers like that like that means everything yeah it's 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 wonderful you had your um you know you had the time to be all about you to achieve this greatness and now you're taking everything that you've learned your own enthusiasm and all of the uh all of the skills that you've learned along the way and passing them on. But in a way, I mean, it's, it's still for you. Cause obviously look at the, look at the joy you get out of it. Yeah. Well now I kind of start to yeah. understand parents mm-hmm. and, and seeing their kids and, and being so proud of them, not living through them, but you know, being proud of, of what they are. Um, and I, and so, I mean, I'm going to be a new daddy I'll say, in, timing is in, on your a, side. in April. <laughs> yes. You're just, about to experience <laughs> it firsthand. Found that out, but I, I've been, I've been a, a, a father figure to yeah. these other writers. And so, to see them grow and mature, and and I love telling this story. You know, I've got a, 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 a you know a six year old kid, who you know we had these team trainings for Dream Team, and and I want to just I want to make them better BMX racers, but I want to make them just more comfortable in general. And so he's super super shy, and so during a training session last year, I had all of my kids stand up, and I said, Hey, we're going to work on public speaking in front of your peers, <laughs> and we we're just talking, and this kid could not get a word out of his mouth. No. Well, now he's able to stand up in front of 60 of his teammates oh, and, and talk. And so just to see that growth and, and the confidence and the belief system that all stemmed from getting on a bike for the first time and, and having those people that are around at North Bay BMX, it is an absolutely amazing family, just encouraging these kids, never letting them be anything that, um, you know, that we're just making sure that they understand how special they are and fostering everything that's coming forth. And if anybody listening would like to get involved, either their kids or with some support, how do they do that? Shoot. North Bay BMX. You can always send us a Facebook message. Uh, Donnie, D-O-N-N-Y, Donnie, Donnie at DonnieRobinson.com. Okay. Um, I'm always available at the track nearly every single day <laughs> of the week, which is <laughs> what I signed up for. But yeah, piece, piece of cake. To, and not to get working a day in your life, as you said. And it should be noted that uh, the organization is a 501c3. So there's there's a button on the website, too, for, uh, I think, donating. Is there not? Did I see that? Uh, I believe so. I, I, we still or, got our you... uh, GoFundMe account that is okay, uh, always, so you know... Rolling over. And it's 100% volunteers, so any type of support, I'm sure, uh, would be welcome there. And, um, and Donnie, I want to thank you for recently uh, inviting me to be the MC for your fundraiser. I had such a blast. Lauren, I, I picked the best of the best, buddy, and you <laughs> nailed it there. Next time, we got to get you on the bike, in between you being on the mic. But you were absolutely a treat, and uh, I keep hearing from people how special and... Uh, and how good your performance was. Thank you ever so much, Johnny. What an honor. And on another side, I think I heard this about you. We've only got a few more minutes here, so I just wanted to bring this up because I'm curious. Do you, do you have some aspirations in the world of musical theater? 
I, I do. I did. I wish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being a BMX racer, I was not like other people. And yeah. so I also loved choreographed dance. And so yeah. I did that, started it in middle school, did choir all the way throughout yeah. high school. Uh, my dance teacher, Sarah Kirkland, shout out. I mean, she's not Sarah Kirkland anymore, but she, uh, she yeah, it was so awesome. I mean, I was living these different lives, this at home life. Of, of Donnie and being a dancer and loving to sing. And then my away from home life as a BMX racer. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I really want to be on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. Um, I enjoy it. And it's just proof that uh, we can be more than just one thing. And that's the good stuff. Fantastic, man. Uh, this has been really exciting talking to you. There's another question I feel obligated to ask you. And it's a bit personal. So, you know, we, obviously we're on microphone broadcasting out to the world. So you can choose whether you want to uh, sure. answer. If not, I hope you will and answer honestly. Um, but again, to your comfort level, Donnie Robinson, do you um, do you go nuts for donuts? Uh, yes, I love donuts. Actually, you got me donuts. We got donuts. Oh, here. my goodness. So here's what we're going to do. And uh, we're running a little uh, late, so I'm just, I'm not going to ask any dumb follow-up questions about these donuts, and we are going to play a game uh, off the air. It's going to be... Uh, a game of eating the donuts. Well, yeah, we're going to play a word game. But if you don't have milk, like, we just can't do uh, it. Lauren's here with the knife. He'll show you. We're going to play a game. Once we go off the air, we'll record it. It will be on the podcast version of this episode, which we'll post hopefully in the next week or so. But take a look at these donuts we're presenting before you, and then... Uh, Let's just see which one you go for. We've got oh, gee. which one? Which one you going for? We've um, got. Uh, is, does this chocolate one have filling in it? No, that's just a Ooh, classic. Man. Um, I hear it's really good. Ooh, gosh, oh gosh! Don't try to influence guy. the. Uh... All right, this one. No. Oh what? Oh come! On. Get out of here, Lauren. I don't know what you just lost, but uh, he I lost, just won a donut. He lost his mind. You won a donut. That he is just going nuts because we we have discovered that well over ninety percent of our guests. And we need to do the stats, but it's well into the 90th percentile. Choose the maple old-fashioned. And yeah. you have done just that yeah, today, yeah. Donnie Robinson. What has he won, Lauren Mole? A trip to Australia. That's right, but uh, it's all expense paid by you. So anytime you want to okay. go, I just, go back. just feel free to head over That's to Australia. That's where I won my world championship at. I got to go back. <laughs> you got to go visit the scene, man. Enjoy that donut. I want to thank you again for coming here. Don't run away yet. We are going to do something off the air. But uh, Donnie Robinson, BMX champion, local mentor, coach of the year, uh, inspirational dude. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Really a pleasure to sit down and talk to you. Judd, Lauren, uh, the whole Napa community, families, everybody, thank you so much uh, for making everybody in this whole town uh, what it is. This is Lauren Mull speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gilamar production. Let's keep the good times going as we play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Madlib. That's right. We're going to play the Madlib style fill-in-the-blank word game with uh, BMX world champ and Olympic medalist Donnie Robinson. Uh, Donnie, what do you think? You, you ready to do a little uh, Madlib action? Let's try it out. You're up for everything, man. Okay, so the first thing I need from you is a geographic location of any sort, whatever your mind can come up with. Uh, mind inside my ear. <laughs> Okay. Inside my ear, a noun, some kind of thing. I'm going to give credit to Lauren on this one. A toilet seat cover, because he came in and he was like, we got to change the toilet seat covers. I'm like, boom, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lauren, that's another story for another time I'll ask you about on the show. Okay. <laughs> toilet seat cover, another noun. 
Uh, how stress? St- ooh, okay. Can we do that. Sure. Stress. Hopefully, you're not feeling it right now. <laughs> A number. Number ten. Number 10. And what is the significance? That uh, is my racing number. It, I was the first one to be able to choose it when our sport went to the uh, permanent career numbers. Oh. I was the first one. So number 10 uh, was just like number one. So no one else can ever have number 10? Uh, they Actually, they don't have it yet. Oh. But once I retired, it should have went back into the rotation. Oh, oh, I but see, nobody's I see. got it yet. So I don't know what what, what happened. Oh, someone be good. That'd be a good one. Like in honor of my, my hero, Donnie Robinson, I'm wearing number 10. Maybe. Hopefully that's maybe. Who, <laughs> hopefully whoever gets that number will say something. Hopefully like that. they remember me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. An adjective, some kind of descriptive word. Mm, weird. It's okay to be weird. It sure. Is. Everybody's weird. I, I I embrace weirdness. Another number. Number eighty-eight. That is the career number of my Olympic teammate and one of my best friends who passed away in two thousand twelve. Oh, okay. Nice tribute. Eighty-eight. Another number. Number one, because I'm always about trying to be the best. Got to be it. Number one. A verb, an action word? Brushing my teeth. Okay. Brushing teeth. Okay, got it. A couple more. A plural noun, more than one thing. Oh, the boogers. (laughs) Warren just jumped out of his chair. You all right over there? No. (laughs) And finally, one more noun. Candy. Candy. I'm a candy guy. All right, man. Got a sweet tooth, Me huh? Me too. Yeah. Well, Donnie, earlier today I was uh, looking around the old internet, and I came across a piece that was written about you in the Napa Valley Register some years ago. This appeared on April 14th, 2010, and uh, you have just uh, rewritten a portion of this uh, article via this Mad Libs game. Are you ready to hear it? Uh, yes. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> First of all, what was the article, though? Well, you're about to find okay, out. Okay, all right. Yeah, Remind here me. we go. So here here starts off. <clears throat> An Olympic bronze medal in BMX racing is one thing, but you know you've made it big when your bike is on sale at Walmart. Okay, so, okay got, yeah, it. got it. Okay. Napa's Donnie Robinson, who won the bronze in the sports Olympic debut inside his ear. <laughs> Earlier we said Beijing, but uh, I guess we were wrong. It was the, mm-hmm. the cha- Okay. Um, he has added another toilet seat cover to his expanding stress. Oh, my gosh. We don't want you to It didn't really stress. fit well, but okay. No, we don't want okay. stress. And, uh, I mean, a trophy would probably be nicer than a toilet seat cover, although I have seen toilet seat covers as trophies for certain events. Yeah. Okay. His signature replica Hyper Racer was recently on sale briefly. In 10 stores across the country. Now, that was probably more like what? It was... I don't know how many it was. It was But Walmart. luckily it was more than it 10. <laughs> okay, now this is a quote from you. Graphics-wise, it's exactly like the bike I ride. It's got a weird frame. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only 88 pounds. Okay. <laughs> so how much would a bike typically weigh, like a racing bike? Yeah, uh, the Walmart one was about 25 pounds. Okay, so 88, yeah. that's pretty heavy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's that's a lot. Okay. Most bikes are about one pound, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the kids will be able to uh, brush their teeth higher on the track. <laughs> oh, yes. They're doing so much on the BMX track. It's, it's very light. They can yes, just... They yeah. can have good breath when they come across the finish line for yeah. their interviews. Now, now, finally, your quote here. I'm confident that I stripped down some of the boogers. <laughs> I can race on it. He said, it felt like my candy, and that sounds sweet to me. Donnie, man, 
thank you. Thanks for putting up with that, and thanks for uh, thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the track, and you might see me out there. I might want to try this out myself one of these days. Uh, Judd, this is just the beginning. I appreciate it. All right. Looking forward to catching up with you again one of these days soon. Judd's Napa Valley Show.